This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, episode 109. Welcome to the show created by vets featuring absolutely no pets. This is the Veterinary Project Podcast, created by Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light. Our resident veterinarians have swapped out their stethoscopes in favor of microphones to bring you the Veterinary Project Podcast, a show focused on real conversations aimed to connect this amazing profession full of remarkable people. Through the sharing of collective stories and wisdom and connecting over the many unique challenges we face, we invite you to join our community of veterinary professionals leading intentional lives. And now... Let's get started with another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back. Another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Jonathan and I are going to continue the conversation from our discussion with Gary around all things sort of exhaustion and self-care. But before we get into that, Jonathan, what's going on in Calgary? Well, Mike, it's one of those weeks. It's one of those times you have lots on the go. I have lots on the go. And yet we're still doing this. So I commend the two of us. I hope that there is value for our listeners today as, uh, you know, we tackle what looks like it's a mini series. Uh, but for me in Calgary, there's a lot going on. You have a lot going on and um, you just need to make the time. It's what it is. Yes. I think maybe we should just have Doug record that as a perpetual intro like there's a lot going on we're we're continuing to get these podcasts out though that seems to be a common theme that was uh basically my thought driving in this morning <laughs> yeah so i guess yeah for for everyone how this is coming up is we got some really good response on the entrepreneurship podcast that we put out where jonathan and i were just you know pretty real and just said hey this is what's working for us this is what's not working um, you know, and we had some good feedback on that. And then coming off the Gary Marshall uh, episode and conversation where, you know, he said, not being exhausted suits me. And that really landed. So we thought we we're going to kind of mash those two formats together. And Jonathan and I are going to kind of lay our cards on the table again around that sort of exhaustion discussion. And I, I mean, I feel like the like self-care could be an interchangeable word in here. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of the the, the term self-care, but anywho, we're going to have a bit of a, a discussion on that, talk about what's working, what's not. So to open this up, because this, this is a, a hard conversation to tie a bow on, the first thing that jumps out to me around this, this whole idea is as veterinarians, where we are in an industry where things need to get done, and sometimes they need to get done urgently, sometimes not urgently. And how does someone balance this? Like, okay, I know this has to get done versus I am really tired today. I need to take the day, you know, and honor that and rest and sleep or whatever that looks like. We talked about this in the pre-recording, Mike, and I'll take a very quick stab at it. And it's a big discussion happening in veterinary medicine. Uh, I think this both happens at a clinic level as well as a personal level. On a personal level, recognizing when you may be at that exhaustion or hopefully sooner than that so that you can look after yourself in the ways we're going to discuss today. 
And even more importantly, at a culture, clinic level, company level, depending on where you work, uh, recognition within the organization that that discussion is allowed to happen and that you're allowed to um, both be provided with a perspective of, hey, you do need to take a day off or, hey, you do need to seek some self-care help uh, to the betterment of your career, yourself personally, and everything that you do, knowing that one of the amazing parts of veterinary medicine is that no day is the same. Perfect example in one of our clinics this morning, start receiving texts through our Microsoft Teams that there is a lap, um, laparotomy that's needing to be done in our clinic today and can we get it in? This is at 7.12 this morning. As a result of that animal being an emergency, one of our main clients and that client's expectations for being able to get it done in an emergency setting was not there because of the costs. That started at 7.12 this morning before the clinic's even open. How do we regulate, reschedule, do everything else that's involved? And this is on such a small basis. And then you've got that clinic culture that jumps in and says, either we can help you out so we can help this client out and or we can't. And I see that the same when we're speaking about our own health and wellness. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot, Jonathan, and I'll give you a, a, some time to formulate your thoughts. So my question is, um, if we can kind of peek under the hood of what that may look like, I'm assuming this is at, at Bridgeland. So when you're talking to that clinic culture, so, you know, 712 sort of disruption to the schedule, we got to start moving all this stuff. And, you know, you got team members on different, different schedules. So my question is, can we look sort of under the hood at that clinic culture and what the discussion as a team looks like, you know, as you come to these decisions and then while you're thinking of your answer for that, this is my personal sort of ramblings and thoughts around this is the, the reason I have such a hard time coming to sort of a conclusion on this discussion is if, if we only do things when we feel like doing them, we'll never get anything done. Like the human brain is wired to be lazy, like inherently, right? Like it's just wants to keep you alive. So why would you stress yourself out in the gym? That's stressful. You know, go sit on the couch, eat those Doritos and get that dopamine hit and feel good now. You know, don't worry about the future. Just stay alive today. Right. And so I really struggle balancing this, like as an entrepreneur, you know, and high performer, I guess, self-admittedly, like most veterinarians are trying to balance that, like, okay, I'm going to push through when my body is telling me, hey, just chill out. So anyway, back to the question. Let's look under the hood at Bridgeland. You talked a lot about clinic culture. What does that discussion look like, you know, for everyone's self-care benefit? Oh, Mike, look at what you've opened up. <laughs> I know. I thought I gave you enough time here to come up with an answer. I was trying to, trying to buy you some time. The first is clinic culture. Uh the amount of messages that went back and forth for people willing to help out or to jump in and, and ensure that that client and that animal was looked after, rearranging schedules, et cetera, was fantastic. That clinic culture says, hey, what can we do to help within the constraints of what we have as a schedule? And that's even before the schedule has been opened up and looked at. I love that, that opportunity to be able to help. And what I realized once I came in here is we actually had to turn away a second laparotomy that's now gone off to emergency because we did not have the space. Welcome to vet med in 2022 and going, that one just could not happen. So they told their friends, they're like, Hey, they're taking laparotomies today. Everyone get in here completely. So this one it's off to emergency, no choice. 
The second piece that I'll speak to in terms of what you described in terms of that desire to from the human body to be lazy and or looking at all the things that need to be done and the work-life balance. I believe we've touched on this in the past. I don't believe in work-life balance. That's controversial. That, that, that may stick against many people that are listening here, but in, in our perspective as entrepreneurs right now for what myself, my wife, my family, my business is entitled, there is no work-life balance. And that's all right. Because things need to get done, which means that sometimes work takes over. Sometimes then we can break away and do life. And they mix interchangeably together in me, for me, seven days a week. So that work-life balance as a perspective uh, doesn't exist. Okay. And I understand what you are saying for you and your family, you know, as an entrepreneur, and I know you very well, and and I get where you're coming from. Now I'm going to press on this a little bit as Jonathan, the clinic owner, that then has, you know, a variety of staff members working, you know, at Bridgeland with you, they may have a different view of that, right? Like they may believe in, in work-life balance and they may say, you know what, I don't want to push like Jonathan pushes or fill my calendar like that. And I don't, I don't, I maybe putting Bridgeland on the spot is a bad example, but like how, how then do those, you know, coincide and coexist? I'll put Bridgeland, Mosaic, any business, Straight up together. And I'm not going on a rant. You want me to go on a rant. <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk says it perfectly. Why would you expect your employees and how could you expect your employees to work as hard as you and do as much of you as you when they're not in your shoes? They're not owners. And even if they are owners, everybody's got their own perspective. And what you think they should do has absolutely nothing to do with what they can do or they want to do, or they feel they can do at that time based on their personal circumstances. So why should I get in their way? Yeah. My job is to help support, challenge, and grow them in whatever that looks like. And sometimes that's not right. So therefore, our place isn't for them. That's all right. That's my view. Yeah. So I'm assuming like it's kind of, you know, open lines of communication with, with all the individual employees of like, okay, what, what's working for you? What's not, you know, what needs to be tweaked and changed and, and, and adjusting. That's correct. I'm having a great conversation tomorrow where we're going to go through development plan process for this individual that wants to grow within the organization. Fantastic. Let's chat about that and let's see what that looks like. Flip side of that is I had another employee the other day that was not feeling well, i.e. sick, cold, flu, otherwise was going to push through it. No, go home, go take a day, get yourself better. And then you'll be able to come back and be, you know, closer to hundred percent. Yeah. That's a funny one. And I, you know, I think about that in my career and there's, there's days where I should not have been at work. Like I can think of days doing surgery where you're like, you, you should not be doing surgery right now. Like, like that, you know, it just feels like the risks are a lot higher there versus vaccinating a dog. Right. And you're under your mask and you're, you're running a fever and you're like this was a bad choice, right? And it's I like, hope, why? I hope we're getting question? away from that, dude. I really do. I hope in veterinary medicine, we're getting to the point where people say, no, I can't do that. I shouldn't do that. And I, as a culture, don't have to do that. So I will get my butt home and take care of myself. Yeah. That's my hope. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's coming around. It used to be, you know, doesn't matter if your limbs are broken, you still make it to work, but it's like, I, and this is for the better, you know, you got to take that time. So 
A um, couple things I'll add in here, little fr frameworks that I, I, I don't know if we call these core values or whatever, never miss twice. So this is around like the exhaustion and self-care piece. And, you know, I kind of give myself permission to miss once on most things, right? Okay, something came up, I have to miss whatever my workout or my bedtime, or, you know, I didn't eat as healthy that day, whatever it may be, but just don't miss twice. So if I, you know, if I missed on Wednesday, I'm making sure I get it done on Thursday. Right? How do you do that, Mike? Is that just you and your self-responsibility? How do you, how do you really encompass ensuring that that's in place at all times? Well, I mean, let's be honest here. I'm not going to pretend like I've never missed twice. Okay, good. But it's, it's good, just because you're a Superman there. Well, no, it's, it's simply that it's almost like if, if I missed once, now it climbs the priority list. Cause let's be like, really all we're discussing here is what is your order of priorities, right? And, and we choose to do things and not do things and they move up and down our priority list. So for me, if, if I know, okay, I missed my workout or I got to bed late tomorrow, I'm bumping that higher up the priority list. It's more of a priority, which means that's what I'm going to honor. And do so, you write that down? Do you just think about that in your brain? How does that work? Some stuff I track. So for me, if something is really slipping and I know I need to get better at it, I will full on go spreadsheet number number nerd mode because I'm a big believer in like what you what you measure, you can improve. But my ultimate goal is to just be that person. Like I would love to be the person that just goes to bed at 10 p.m. every night, no questions asked. But life gets in the way, right? We now have a three-year-old. We've got a new baby on the way. I know that that, that never missed twice. That's going to get put on pause for like three months or so, where it's just like all hell breaks loose. Just three months? Well, I was trying to be generous there. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, so I'm looking forward to three months from <laughs> Well. I won't be able to keep my eyes open on here. So that's sort of framework number one. Framework number two is I'm a big goal setter um, and I do quarterly reviews. I've talked about them on here. I have that Monday night group. Every quarter we have to present what we call our one sheet, which is like our, our quarter on one sheet. Like these are the things I'm focusing on. These are the priorities. And that just helps realign me, right? So I, I can tell like, okay, if, if I'm getting exhausted or if pieces of my self-care are slipping, when I go back to that review, then that helps me decide, well, what is important? Like, is that actually important to you? Or do you just think it should be important to you? You know, and if there's nothing wrong with letting go of something, crossing it off the list and being like, that is not important to me. Like, I am not going to do yoga. You know, and I, I always pick on yoga because it's this poster child for self-care where it's like everyone should do yoga and yoga is great if you do it kudos to you i've tried to get into it i just can't I, i'm not a i'm not someone that does yoga i do other things and that's where i put my check mark next to right so finding out what what aligns for you how many times do you figure that you've tried to get yoga into your priority list and failed before you said enough's enough it's not me I'm comfortable with that. I can be comfortable in my own skin. I'm not a yoga master. Lots. I don't know. I've lost count. Like, and I tried all the tricks. Like, you know, you get a membership at a yoga studio, you know, like get, get yourself there. And like, I do kind of like it. Like, it's not like I never do yoga, but it just, when I was like, Hey, this is something you must do every morning. Then it felt like, you know, like it felt like work. 
Like I was like, this is not self-care. This is torture. You know, like I was like, this sucks. I think it speaks to a bigger piece, uh, you know, whether it's yoga for me, it's meditation. Uh, everybody's got their own thing. And then it's how much guilt do they put on themselves and for how long before it's comfortable and just going enough's enough. The wisdom of age and experience over experience over experience says I'm done. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of try those things, you know, like give it a shot. If someone's doing something and you're like, Hey, I'd like to try it. Give it, a, give it an honest effort. But if it's not for you, that's okay. Like there really feels like there's, there's so many things that people feel like they should do simply because other people are doing them and it's on social media. So it's, you know, it's a fad or it's a trend. And it's like, if it's not for you, you don't have to do it. So anywho, little bit of a rant. You almost got me ranting, which that's, you're flipping it on me. I'm supposed to get you ranting. So let's, let's move in here. Um, you know, we'll keep it, keep it pretty tight. So we'll keep this episode shorter for everyone. Um, but let's, let's chat about a few things that we're each doing well and not so well in the respect of, you know, not getting too exhausted in self-care. So what are some things that you're knocking out of the park over there? Knocking out of the park. I think you alluded to it earlier. We've talked about this in previous. I think at this stage in career and life, if I don't have sleep, I don't have health. So for me, doing well is sleep. I think at least trying for five days a week of getting seven and a half hours of sleep, I track it. I've got my technology app that I've spoken about previously. And that to me is going really well and only getting better. Um, need at least seven and a half hours of sleep a night for so many reasons. Similar to uh, from a health perspective, working out, we do our workouts in the morning. I was unfortunately able to do it today. So I brought in my bag and go for a run um, and being able to ensure that cardio strength wise, that has helped in a big way. And both even from a confidence wise, I was speaking with Candice about this. I was feeling a little bit off in June and said, all right, I need to pick it up. And three months later, really feeling better, better about myself, my strength, my feelings. But then you also look at yourself differently as well too. And for those that are looking from the outside, they're like, no, Jonathan, you don't really look any different. Your muscles are always huge. Yeah. You're all, you're I, always I can tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> it is the confidence piece cannot be like understated. Uh, completely. You can tell when you're feeling good. You can tell when you sweat a little bit, your skin feels better, all of that. And the way to get that is through exercise. And I, well, yes, I agree with you. I will add a piece to that. Like, I mean, we're all science-based here and we know the evidence points to like working out, there's a ton of benefits. The, the thing that lands for me a lot is it's keeping a promise to yourself, right? So when you say, like you said, I, today, what's, we're recording this on a Thursday. When you said, I am working out on Thursday and opportunity number one presented itself for you to lie to yourself, which was you missed your morning workout and you could have taken that. You could have said, well, I'm not working out today but you did it. You brought your bag to work. You're going to go for a run. And that confidence piece comes from you're keeping your word to yourself. It's a big deal. It's a huge, no one else deal. is involved except for my wife that smirks at me a little bit. When I said I was bringing my running bag, she's like, sure, sure. I was like, Oh no, no, it's getting done. Okay. It has to, I'm checking in next recording. I'm putting you on the spot. Love it. Love it. Something else I'm doing really well, which is pretty cool. This is absolutely nerdy. And I think it's a lot of fun, but it is something that has made a difference in our life. The last month is, and I've not even told you this. We have those, those, um, pill containers. So we have the once a day pill container 
And it is my responsibility. I've taken it on that at the start of the week on Sunday nights, I fill it up for Candace and I and our number of pills that we take. And none of these are medical. So I don't take any true medical pills. These are all your omegas. Um, what do I take? Omegas. I take now garlic. I take um, NAD, which we could go into a whole thing of. Um, Catastics, you know, there's, there's different options there. And one, supplements, glutamine, et cetera. Having that set up ahead of time on the Sunday night means way more of a chance that we're 100% um, in taking those on a daily basis. And from a life perspective, wellness perspective, this is not a short-term game. This is a 60-year game. I am really looking forward to it. And I've always been good, but now this has just gotten much better. And again, just using those little pill containers. It's worked. I, 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 I like this because... There are so many chances for these very simple things. And it's like someone listening to this could be like, come on, that's your, this is making the podcast like a pill container. <laughs> it's, but I totally agree with you. Cause it's like the amount of like energy, decision, fatigue, all of that stuff all week long. That's just eliminated. It's gone. And I enjoy it. I want Candace to be set up for success. I want I, myself to be set up for success. You do it Sunday night. I don't have to think about it. I see it in the morning. You pop the pill, take your six to eight pills down, and you're done. And I feel better as a result of it. I know I'm getting the right things for my brain to have the all of those other pieces. Really good. I like that. Um, things that I'm not doing well. Again, well I'm going to jump in. I'm cutting you off because mine oh. leans in well. Um, under things I'm doing well, this is something I will rant about. This is a, this is a hill I will 100% die on is environment is greater than the action. And so this is you like stealing your analogy here. What you're doing is you're creating that environment to take those supplements, right? You have to do it one day, once on Sunday, you preload it. The rest of the week, that environment is created. Whereas if you had to go and track them all down every single day, you would eventually slip and miss it. So the example I was going to give from my own personal life, um, on, on Wednesday, I go see my personal trainer. And yesterday, Wednesday, I did not want to work out. Like it was just one of those days where I was like, I know if it was left to me, it would have been an X on the calendar. And so I reframe it where it's like, I don't need to work out that day. I just got to get my ass to that gym. That's all I got to do. That's very easy. Like, can you drive to the gym? Yep, I can drive there. I don't, don't have to worry about what I'm going to do when I get there. Then the environment takes over. I'm there. There's a personal trainer. He tells me what to do. One hour later, the workout is done. And this environment, like peace can be put everywhere. So you talked about sleep. I'm a huge believer. Like you have to create your sleep environment, like get the TV out of there, get your cell phone away from bed, you know, quit looking at your phone in bed. And then you just have to get yourself in that environment and sleep takes over. And I, I really believe this is this is a thing that people do poorly in self-care is they always are focusing on, okay, this is the actions that I have to take. And it's, I would argue, no, you need to find the environment you need to put yourself into that, that just the default is the actions that you want. I'm clapping in the background. Okay. Well, I'm glad because and I mean, this, I think I started ranting about this 18 months or so ago, this sort of epiphany started coming into my life. And now I'm trying to do it everywhere. So every environment, where do I change it? Where do I optimize it? So the default is the action I want. 
And I know that's such an important part of your life. And, and I look up to you for that because you take that to a whole different degree, which I think has led to your success. Nice. Um, number two, what I'm, what I'm doing well, automating income generation. This is probably the thing I'm most passionate about in, in veterinary medicine. And for everyone, you know, is I'm a really big believer in, um, I mean, we can get into lots of discussions around money and the economy and, you know, the way that it's set up, whether that's good or bad, it, for this, it doesn't matter. As long as we live in a world where money is the unit of exchange and you need money to buy food and have a house and do stuff, that's, that's the rules of the game we're playing in. So you may as well set yourself up for success. And I really, really am, am optimistic for a day in veterinary medicine where it's like we can pull those hours down. So, you know, I said 60 in pre-recording. Everyone's working different number of hours, but I would like to see every veterinarian be able to pull those hours down, but have no reduction in income because they have those automatic income streams coming in. And then that day, so say you replace one day of income, you've bought yourself one day a week or one day a month or whatever, whatever it is that's now open, you know, and that can be your do self-care, hang out with your kids, whatever fills your cup, you know, that gets me excited. So automating income generation. Excellent. And I think we're going to have to go into a whole different episode on that one because I think uh, our listeners want more info on how you do that and the details of that. And I'd love to put you on the spot and speak real estate on that one that we have done in the past. But how do you automate it? How do you take somebody that is in full-time practice and do something along those lines? Yeah, there's a lot. Difficult when you're starting out. Very much not impossible, but take some work. Yeah. Very doable. So yeah, those are some of the things doing well. Okay. I interrupted you. You're going to go into what you're maybe not doing as well with. I am one that can um, bury things. <laughs> so if there's things that aren't going well, I'll sometimes just bury them down because the tasks and or the bigger picture items need to be. And I would say I'm in that area right now. So there's a lot going on in life. So, sorry, just to clarify, like avoiding or what do you mean? Like not avoiding, like from a self-care standpoint, I can push hard. And at the, at the, um, at maybe sometimes my own peril where I'll get to that point where I'm tired and then go, oh shoot, I actually need to take a little bit of a break. I know I'm coming towards that, but we also have a trip in a couple of months, which I know um, will be allowed, allow me to refresh or, or refill my cup. And it's go time right now. So I think that's something that I'm not doing well and I'm cognizant of it and I'm probably not going to change right now. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> There's me being very honest in public. That was, I did. Uh, that wasn't another thing that wasn't in our quick pre-recording notes. So you're, you're keeping me on my toes. Yep. So I'd say that's one thing that right now I'm not doing well at, at all. And I'm all right with that. Yep. Yeah, for, for me, um, I call it open files. And I alluded to it on our entrepreneurship one. Um, I, in some areas of my life, I'm very good at delegating. Like we've talked about all the household stuff. In other areas, I'm really struggling. You know, and it's probably a control thing, really. Like if we keep, if we drill far enough down. But it's it's mostly around the admin stuff in my like business, right? And it's just... It's just that clutter that just clutters, like literally physically clutters your environment. Doesn't look like it because before every recording, I take my stacks of papers and I move them off camera, but they're here. 
Um, and it just, you know, that this is for someone that is so big on environment, I'm really dropping the ball there because all of those just represent open files, open energy. And I really should have that delegated. You know, that's all that admin work. And, you know, and I know that's, it's, it's exciting in the veterinary space. We've had, you know, discussions with people and people on like, how do we streamline that? Like, how do we streamline the record keeping and get all that stuff, you know, off your plate and out of your mental space? Cause it really consumes bandwidth when it's always running in the background. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing I'm not doing so good at, this is more of a temporary problem because usually I'm good at it, but I am letting media um, guide my day. So what I mean by that is I'm a really big believer in you should not be on like Instagram, Facebook, any social media, any news, like no TV, nothing right when you wake up in the morning. Like that first hour or so should be yours and you should get to decide you know, the path and the trajectory of your day. Now, being sort of a an investor and an economy nerd and the economy, you know, keeps tanking and crashing and there's all these bad headlines, I've gotten sucked into that. So I'm waking up, I'm going on Twitter, I'm being like, what's going on? What did Russia do now? You know, what's the stock market doing? And that's just sort of setting my days up a little more negatively than I would like. So this is a temporary rut I'm in, but I'm going to, you know, put some steps in place, hopefully here to not do that. So in, in the first hours of the day. That's a good one. And, and it's really open honesty. It goes back to, you know, even having your phone by your bed and looking at Instagram and all the rest of it, that I think the percentages are real high for people doing that. It's going, Hal Elrod, I think says that in the five minute morning or, or would five minute miracle. I can't remember the title of the book. He's you know the what? miracle morning guy. Miracle morning guy. Yeah, exactly. And it's a really good book actually. Um, an hour is a long time. <laughs> It is. It's so ridiculous because it really isn't in the big scheme of 24 hours. But first thing in the morning when you want to know what's going on in the world and also somewhat, see, here's the need versus want. Is it a need or is it a want to know? And if it's a want to know, does it make a difference in your next 23 hours? Yeah. I don't know that answer. See, and this is like, there's going to be different answers for everyone. Obviously, you're a clinic owner. And that call or email or however it came in at 712, you know, you got to, you got to receive that at some point and then action it. So, you know, there's, there's some level of urgency perhaps there where someone can be monitoring that. But in our, in our personal lives, like, you know, short of a family emergency, who really needs to talk to me at 530 in the morning or six in the morning? Like no one, I, I don't need to go on Instagram and start comparing myself to other people to start my day. Right. And we all know that. And I'm not trying to come off as like lecturing because I, as I just said, I'm like, I'm in the rut right now where I'm doing that. And it, I can tell it changes the course of my day. So what do we do about that? Cause I'm in the same boat. I can't last an hour for all the same reasons. <laughs> we say we're not going to do that for the next week and see how it goes. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> this it's, it's is as clear cut as that. that. Well, for me, what's landing is Riley is now, she's got these like little, a little wooden phone. And then I, Rosalie just got a new phone. So she has like a, an old dead iPhone lying around. And now Riley wants it in the morning. And that's what's landing for me. Cause I'm like, holy shit. Like she's watching mom and dad pick up their phone at seven in the morning and sit at the breakfast table on their phone. And I was like, 
this is not what I'm trying to, to get across. And they always say, you know, with kids, kids, things are caught, not taught. So I, I can tell her all I want. Oh, we shouldn't, we really shouldn't be on our phone, but if I'm sitting there on my phone. That's what she's going to do. So for me, it's the fatherhood role is, is shining the light on it. And you know, it's that, that's what makes me want to change the most. Love it, dude. You're so right. So right. All right. So nothing for the next week. <laughs> I can, I can easily commit to nothing before seven 30. That's a big commitment. Cause that like, that's pretty easy. And then for the reason for seven 30 is that's when the, the market the market open. opens. That's why I said until the time changes, then it bumps back to eight 30 where I live. So yeah, you're gold after that. Okay. Let's do it the next week. There we go on the spot. Okay. First hour, no, no social media, no news, no, no external inputs. That's what we'll call it. Okay. Right on. Well, anything on your end to, to wrap this up and let everyone get on their way? No, I, I, I am hopeful that there was uh, some relevancy here for individuals, no matter where they are in life uh, from a veterinary professional perspective. Again, this is what feels like a third part of a mini series for us and hope that it lands or a couple of these people pieces land with people. That's it. You? No, I was going to push stop record at that point. No, I want to hear your perspective as well. I'm keeping this going. Okay. No new perspective. I'm just doubling down. Focus on your environment. I really believe that. If you're if there's something that is not aligned for you and you're trying to make some changes, go beyond just the task. You know, and and, and sort of ask yourself I'm going to pick running here just because that popped in my head. If I were a runner, if I was someone that ran, what would that environment look like? Right. And that environment would look like, you know, you're, you're, you got your shoes sort of waiting for you. You're somewhere where it's inviting to run, right? Like that's literally why we're looking at moving houses. Like that's environment change to the extreme, but it's like, we will run more if we're somewhere where we want to run. So that's what I'm going to leave people with. Thank you for listening to the Veterinary Project Podcast. As a recap, on behalf of our hosts, the Veterinary Project Podcast will be releasing new episodes weekly. So be sure to tune in as we bring you more conversations aimed at helping you enjoy a life well lived. If you enjoyed what you heard on the show and you want to stay in the know, please like, love, and or subscribe to the podcast on the listening platform of your choosing, as we're available on all the usual suspects. If you know of others that may benefit from these conversations, we'd love it if you please share the show with them, as this will help us grow our community to reach more and more veterinary professionals. Speaking of which, if you are a veterinary professional and would like to get connected with more like-minded individuals who are joining us on this journey, please send an email to theveterinaryprojectpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll invite you to be a part of our private Facebook group general feedback, requests for information, or perhaps requests to be a guest on the show can also be sent to the Veterinary Project Podcast at gmail.com. Dr. Michael Bug and Dr. Jonathan Light, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll catch you again next week for another episode of the Veterinary Project Podcast. Bye for now. Bye for now.